Our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for this beautiful day that we have enjoyed. We thank you, Lord, for the beauty of the sun and and the uh, beauty of the birds and all that thou hast created, how magnificent it is. We humbly come before your throne of grace and mercy tonight, thanking you for our lives thanking you for the things that we take for granted. We thank you for the oxygen and for the water and for our food, our clothing, and just the fact that we could come to your house tonight. Thank you for each one that's here. We pray your blessing upon them and their families. And for those who are quarantined, we pray your blessing upon them and encouragement to them. Especially tonight, Lord, we pray your comfort upon Brad and Carla and their family in the passing of his father, Scott Craddock. Have mercy upon them, we ask. Now we pray, Lord, your blessing upon your word tonight as we go over how we can have a better prayer life. And so we pray that you would help us to pray more, talk to you more, because we learned last week that the more we pray, the more our life is molded and shaped in your will, and your way. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's turn to Acts chapter number 12. Acts chapter number 12 to start with tonight. Uh, Last week we learned that prayer is essential for God to direct our lives. And if we want to have part in how our lives are to to be lived out, then we need to bathe our life in prayer. And so we are uh, looking at tonight, Lord, teach us to pray. And the subtitle is The Questions of Prayer. The Questions of Prayer. Now, There are several basic needs that we have when we pray. The main one is just exactly to whom are we praying? Who are we praying to? To an audience? Are we praying some memorized words? Are we trying to impress someone when we pray? What do we need when we are praying? Are we aware that we have come into the presence of the holy, almighty, eternal, awesome creator? Man, we need to stop and think when we're praying. Who are we talking to? And Acts chapter 12, there's a prayer meeting going on for Peter. Peter has been placed in jail to be executed the next day. But we see the church, those who had been saved from the day of Pentecost until the 12th chapter of Acts, were in prayer for Peter. And the scripture says, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer 
was made without ceasing by the church unto who? God for him. So to whom are we to pray? We're to pray to God. Now who is God? Well, Jesus made it very clear in his example prayer. We call it sometimes the Lord's Prayer, even though the the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' prayer, was prayed in the 17th chapter of the book of John. But he gives us an outline on how to pray in Matthew chapter number 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father. So to whom are we to pray? We're to pray to the first person of the Trinity, the Father. Turn with me to Jesus' teaching the last night he lived, John chapter 16. And we want to look at verse number 23. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily I say unto you, wherever or whatever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it. Ask the Father. So we are to pray to the Father. Now, Jesus in John chapter 17, uh, somewhere between the Garden of Gethsemane and the, and, and the time he was arrested, he prayed this high priest intercessory prayer on the disciples' behalf and on our behalf, the church's behalf. John 17, 1. These words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father. And so Jesus prayed to his Father. Now, I, I find it appealing to us if Jesus saw a need to prayer, if he saw a need to pray for prayer, then should we not even that much more have a need to pray? If Jesus, the Son of God, saw a need to pray, should we not? Verse 11 of this high priest intercessory prayer. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, who did he say? Holy Father. Holy Father. He addresses his Father as Holy Father. And verse number 25. O righteous Father. And so we see that Jesus recognized who he was to pray to and he addressed him in such manner that we need to take note. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, we have the Christians filled with the Holy Spirit as they prayed for the persecuted church. And in verse 24, And when they heard that, they lifted up their voices to God. And so the early church prayed to God. Jesus prayed to his Father, who is God. 
Now chapter 7 of the book of Acts, Stephen had been taken by Saul of Tarsus and the mob crowd and they took him outside the city of Jerusalem because he had been preaching that Christ was the Messiah and they were going to stone him to death. And now notice who Stephen prays to as the stones start hitting him. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. So now, Jesus said in one of the earlier verses that we just read, you will, you don't, you, you will not pray to me while I'm still here on earth, but you will pray to my Father. But now Jesus has ascended back to heaven, and now we can pray to the Father and we could pray to Jesus. But nowhere in the scripture does it say that we should pray to the Holy Spirit. Now we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us pray because that's who he is. Our helper, our comforter, our come alongside, our partner. Uh, chapter 8 of the book of Romans, verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He is our helper in prayer. The Holy Spirit is our strength. He's our encourager. He's the one, uh, as Jesus said, he was the comforter, the one who comes alongside us. Actually, we know now that on the day of Pentecost, we'll learn Sunday, he lives in us. And he changes our lives. So to whom should we pray? Now, for who should we pray? For who should we pray? Who should we, you and I, who should we pray for? Well, obviously we need to pray for ourselves. But it should not be a give me prayer or a selfish prayer. It should be a give us our daily bread prayer for the necessities of life, the things that are bothering us, the troubles, the trials, the problems. Those are the things. I think we had a, an example last week of uh, we pray for a uh, an automobile, do we pray for a golden Cadillac or when we just really need a Volkswagen? Uh, you know, we, we don't need to pray for the uh, luxury as much as we need to pray for the common every day. So Jesus, again, let's go back to John chapter 17, the high priest intercessory prayer. And let us read verse 1, and I think we read this once, but now we're, we're looking for the, the question, who should we pray for? These words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven, saying, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son may glorify thee. And so who are we to pray for? We're to pray for... Uh, here, uh, Jesus is praying that the Father will be glorified in Him. So we're to pray more for guidance. We are to pray for wisdom. We're to pray for 
wholesomeness, and that God will be glorified in our lives. Jesus prayed, tomorrow when I'm dying on the cross, be glorified in what I say and, and how I behave myself. And therefore he was. Who should we pray for? Ourself. Okay, now we should pray for one another. Turn with me to James. Chapter number 5 and verse number 16. James 5:16 Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much so we need to pray for one another turn with me to Paul's writing to the Romans Chapter number 1, Romans 1, and Paul in verse number 9 tells us who to pray for. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Now who was he uh, speaking about when he said this? The Roman church. He said, I make mention of you in my prayers. And so we need to pray for our church. We need to pray for our membership. We need to pray, obviously, for each other. So please put me at the top of the list. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the fellowship, the people. Pray for your Sunday school teachers. Pray for your missionaries. Pray for new converts. Pray for the sick. Pray for the backslidden. Pray for our children. Pray for our government, especially our president. Pray for Israel, God's people. Pray for our enemies. Wow. Pray for your enemies. And then pray for the lost. These are all people's that we should pray for. All right, our next subject is when should we pray? When should we pray? All right, turn with me to the beautiful letter to the church at Thessalonica, chapter number five of the first epistle, and verse number 17, a very familiar verse. Everybody ought to know that by heart. When should we pray? And the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Now, does that mean in the halls at Logan High School that I should go through there with my hands folded in this manner and be praying? Obviously not. Does that mean that uh, I should pray in my bed all night? Well, maybe sometimes we need to pray all night, but it just simply means be in such fellowship with God that you can pray anywhere, anytime, at, at, at any occasion, in the middle of class, I sometimes need to pray, Lord, help me to deal with this child that's being disruptive. <laughs> uh, pray uh, whenever, wherever. And Paul, again, in his letter to the church at Colossae, Colossians chapter 4, and verse number 2, 
He says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So pray continually. All right. Now Jesus gives us some extreme examples on when to pray. Uh, Let us turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 1. And we want to read verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. There he prayed. And so we should pray before we start our day. We should go to God in prayer. Now Daniel... He was in somewhat of a predicament. He knew that there were those in the kingdom that hated him and were jealous of him. And they knew uh, that he prayed often to his God. And so they had the king to sign a decree that said, anyone that prays to any God for the next 30 days, but you, O king, shall be thrown into the den of lions. And, of course, the king thought, wow, that's very impressive that I would be prayed to. So he signed the document, not considering his friend Daniel. And then you recall when he had signed the decree that these men went into Daniel's apartment and they found him praying. Verse 10, chapter 6. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, his window being opened in his chambers towards Jerusalem. He knelt upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did previously. You see, Daniel did not do this to spite them. He had, he had done that since he had been in captivity there. He wasn't going to change it because there was a law that said you couldn't. And therefore, he prayed. Obviously, you all know the outcome. He was arrested, taken to the king. The king had no other alternative because he could not go back on his signed document. And Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. But we know that God answered prayer and was with him and he was of course, not harmed or hurt. He had a nice pillow that night, those lions. He slept on them. The next day, those enemies were devoured by their plan to do Daniel in as they were thrown into that den. All right, Psalms chapter 55. When should we pray? Psalms chapter 55, verse 16 and 17 and the psalmist says as for me i will call upon god and the lord shall save me evening and morning and at noon will i pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice so now daniel prayed those three times And David, it seems here, prayed those three times. And so we see that that might be a good time for us to stop and pray. 
Get that breather there. Every eight hours, have prayer, right? Morning, noon, and evening. All right. Let us go to in times of great decisions. We should bathe those in prayer. Let us turn to what Jesus did before he made a great decision. In Luke chapter number 6, Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter number 6, and verse 12 and 13. And this is the day before he chose his 12 disciples. And it came to pass in those days that he went into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. Before a great decision, we should pray. Before a task, Mark chapter number Six, before you have something important that you need to do, you should pray. Mark chapter 6, verse 46. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. Verse 47. And when evening was come, the boat was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And so we know... The task was that he was going to walk on water and save the disciples. That would be a task, wouldn't it? The first jet skis, right? Jesus did it without the motor. <laughs> John chapter 6. Before you have a great task before you, verse 15. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him the king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. So he did not at that time want to be the king. And they didn't want him to be the king when they crucified him, so they changed their mind. He had more to do Besides be the king at that time. He had fed them. He had healed them. He had given them great words. And they wanted him to be the king so they could, he could overthrow the Romans. But that was not the will of God at that time. All right, let's go to Psalms chapter 88. Before lifetime issues. And if we had anybody here that was about to get married, this would be a good time to start praying. <laughs> that is a lifetime issue, isn't it? All right, chapter 88, verses 1 and 2. O Lord, my salvation, I have cried day and night before Thee. Let my prayer come before Thee. Incline Thine ear unto my cry. So before we marry, before we go into business, before we go... Uh, to college, before we go into a vocation, before we choose to build a house or locate, even before we have children, we should pray. Those are great responsibilities. We should pray at meals. And I hope, ladies and gentlemen, each one here, when you're in a public restaurant or you're in 
in front of people and you're eating at the same table and they don't pray, you should bow your heads and you should pray whether they do or not. Pray in times of trouble. Pray in times of war. Pray when all is against us. Pray in desperation. Pray in need. Pray when we're overwhelmed. Pray in sorrow. Pray because of sin. In other words, as long as we live, we ought to pray. Amen. Okay, where should we pray? Where should we pray? All right, let's go to Jesus in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Luke 18, 1. And he spoke a parable unto them, saying that men ought always to pray and not faint. So where to pray? Anywhere, always, anytime, you can pray. And Paul tells us in the Armor of God chapter, Ephesians chapter 6, that we should put on the whole armor of God. And in verse 18, he says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication, that means strong urgings, in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Continue praying in a continual breath. Where should we pray? Well, Jesus gives us the answers, and we've already read several times what he did. In chapter 6 of Matthew and verse 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy room or closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father who is in secret, and thy Father who is in secret shall reward thee openly. In other words, uh, we're not uh, to get out and try to outpray somebody. Uh, we're not to try to think up of some, so much sophisticated wording that we make ourselves sound like the Pharisees of old. We're to pray humbly. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went into a mountain privately to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone in a secret place. Turn with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark 1, verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. And there he prayed. I don't know about your all's houses, but sometimes the TV's on, the cell phone's going, the dinging of the text, the kids are yelling, uh, chaos everywhere. 
And you need to go to a closet and get away with the Lord. Amen? That's why my study is off away from the rest of the house. We are to pray in the assembly. We're to pray in, in church. Turn with me to the fourth chapter of the book of Acts. The church has just been born on the day of Pentecost. And the church is assembled together. In verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. So uh, corporate worship is certainly approved in the Bible. We should meet together and we should pray. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and the spoke the word of God with boldness. Prayer will give you boldness. Chapter number 27 of the book of Acts and verse 35. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Now, if you'll know the story there, they're about to be shipwrecked. And Paul tells the Roman guards that had him in chains, release us all. Let's get something to eat because the ship's going to wreck and then we'll need our energy to get to shore. And so before the ship was totaled on the rocks, they ate, he prayed, and they all made it to shore safely. All right, there is power in prayer. So in the assembly, and then also Matthew chapter 18, this is a very famous uh, verse on prayer. Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them, in small group. Gathered together in prayer. Now, our, last, our, uh, our next subject is, for what should we pray? And so, the best place to go is to the prayer that Jesus outlined for us to use to for us to pray by Matthew chapter number 6 again it's called by many the Lord's prayer even though it's really not his prayer it is a prayer for us to to outline prayer for us to know how to pray teach us to pray so this is the model prayer. What should we pray for? We're looking in verse 9. After this manner, therefore, he prayed, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We are to reverence the name of God. We are to esteem it. We are to praise it. We are to uplift the name of God when we pray. We are to pray for what? Verse 10. Thy kingdom come. 
We're to pray that God will usher in his kingdom. And we do believe that there will be a millennial kingdom, that Jesus will rule and reign on this earth, a millennial. And uh, he, he himself uh, suggests this highly in the last book, Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, the last prayer. He who testified these things saith, Surely I come quickly, even so come Lord Jesus. He is praying for the kingdom to come. Even so come Lord Jesus. Set up your kingdom, he's saying. That was uh, Revelation 22:20. 20. Back to Matthew chapter 6 in the Lord's Prayer, outline prayer for us. Verse 10, we are to pray to reverence his name. We are to pray for his kingdom to come. And we are to pray, verse 10, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We are to pray for the will of God to be done. Now, some of the times when we pray that, we have to accept the consequences. If we're praying it, we've got to say, okay, God, if that's your will, i got to do it. For an example, when he was in the garden, chapter 26 of the book of Matthew and verse 39, he prayed so hard that his sweat became great drops of blood that that cup be passed from him. But what did he pray? Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, what? Not as I will, but as thy will. Now that, that was a prayer that, that even though it wasn't answered the way he asked for it to be, it was the Father's will that he die for our sins and drink the cup. That cup that meant they would be separated for the first time in eternity. Because of our sin, not his sin. All right, let's go to uh, pray. We must pray in, in his will. Let's, let's turn to 1 John chapter number 5. 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he heareth us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we shall have the petitions that we desire of him if it's in his will in his will all right we're going back back to matthew chapter 6 and we're going to continue with the lord's prayer or outline prayer for us uh, verse 11 what are we to pray for? Give us this day our daily bread. For our needs, our personal needs. Uh, Proverbs chapter number 30. And verse number 8. Proverbs 30 and verse 8. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. So we're not praying for 
caviar and T-bone steak. Just give us our daily bread, right? Amen. All right, what are we to pray for? Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Boy, we got to pray for forgiveness. You know, about every day I need to do that. Maybe more than one time a day. Forgiveness. Things we think, things we say, the way we act. You know, we have to be forgiven for those things because we are not perfect yet, are we? And this is what David said in Psalms 139. Well, he really got deep down in, into uh, his own personal needs here. Verses uh, uh, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness. All right, verse 13 of Matthew 6. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So we are to pray that we will not be led into temptation. And Mark chapter 14 And verse 38, Mark 14, 38. Watch ye and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. All right, we have looked at several things tonight concerning the questions of prayer. We have looked at to whom should we pray uh, for who, whom should we, to whom should we pray? To whom should we pray? The Father, and to whom should we pray for? And when should we pray? And where we should pray? And what we should pray for? And finally, how do we pray? John chapter sixteen. John chapter sixteen. Verse number twenty-three. John 16 and verse number 23. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily I say unto you, whatever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. How to pray? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Paul says in the fifth chapter of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 20. How should we, how should we pray? 520, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you to think of the illustration or example of a check. Everyone in here has written a check, even though they're about to become obsolete because of the plastic that people carry in their wallets. But a check, you, you put the dates, you put out who to 
you're going to write it to, the amount, and then you must, to make it legal, you must sign your name. And so we are praying in the name of Jesus. You can pray all you want to pray, but if you don't pray at the end of your prayer in the name of Jesus, it's like not putting the signature on a check. It might not be cashed, right? How should we pray in the name of Jesus? Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter number 29. And verse number 12. 29, 12. Then call ye upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. You sign that name in the name of Jesus, but you better say it with all your heart. And, of course, God's people were told, Deuteronomy chapter number 4, and verse number 29, 4.29, that they needed to do all things in sincerity to God. 4.29. But if from there thou shall seek the Lord thy God. You shall find him if you seek him with all thy heart, with all thy soul. Now, let us clarify something. Jesus is not a genie in a lamp that you rub and say, okay, I want this, I want that. Genie pops out, okay, you get it. Remember the four things we learned last week about how we should come to God in prayer. Number one, we must come before God in a clean heart. We must come before God in a without any grudges. We must come before God in sincerity, in not asking for the extreme, but in humility, in humbleness, we must come before God. And so uh, we are continuing our lesson next week on teach us to pray, Lord. Be part three. Let us uh, bow our heads for closing prayer.